This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Whitney Pittman, Don Wick, and Tyler Donaldson. The president of the National Corn Growers Association is Herod Woolley of Medelia, Minnesota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick is at Commodity Classic and has an update with another leader from the region. American Soybean Association President Josh Gacko calls Cullum, North Dakota home. It's a great opportunity to be part of a really good organization. Uh, ASA is very effective in what we do. We've got a great board of directors uh, who are dedicated to support, supporting soybean farmers and profitability for farmers. Uh, great staff uh, that helps us get some of those things done. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good opportunity to be in this position this year and just work with a really good team. American Soybean Association delegates are meeting here at Classic to hammer out their policy book. The Farm Bill remains a top priority. I think, you know, something that's right up there, that's just as important in a lot of uh, really uh, tricky issues coming forward with the uh, pesticide regulations and other things with like the Endangered Species Act enforcement coming out of EPA. Um, we're working with EPA as organizations to try and get something that's workable for the farmers back home so that we can keep those crop protection tools that we have and keep using them effectively uh, and sustainably. Uh, but right now what's being proposed, some of those things are really uh, not very workable on the farm. So just I, I think that's a, num that's a top priority as well. Biofuels, especially sustainable aviation fuel and infrastructure, also top the ASA checklist. Gackel says it's also important for ag groups to support commodity checkoff promotion and research programs. Our coverage of Commodity Classic made possible by the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, by Truterra, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. From Houston and Commodity Classic, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Ethanol changed the landscape for agriculture with the passage of the Renewable Fuel Standard in 2005. National Corn Growers Association President Harold Woolley sees sustainable aviation fuel as the next step. For that to happen, climate smart methodology needs to change. We need to develop a system that allows our corn to be classified as low carbon so that it qualifies as a feedstock for uh, renewable, uh, sustainable aviation fuel. I mean, that's, that's a huge issue in front of us, and, and it's right now. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and EPA Administrator Michael Regan will share the Commodity Classic stage tomorrow. This has been seen, or being seen, as a good sign. Well, it's certainly what we're theorizing. Uh, uh, of course, I have not seen the script of uh, mm -hmm. the Secretary's speech, but uh, I certainly hope that he's going to announce that the GREET model uh, is going to be used uh, to determine the carbon intensity of our corn. And uh, hopefully, you know, they've, they've said it's going to be modified from its uh, current form. Uh, hopefully those modifications will either be positive or at least neutral to, to corn. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association President Bob Wirth wants to protect and enhance crop insurance in that new farm bill. We all know that the uh, ad hoc programs don't always work very good for farm. We need to have it done 
in through crop insurance so the program takes care of the farmers needs in a timely manner because uh, we got to get it done the same year we have a disaster not a couple three years later worth acknowledges that issue comes down to cost but i think if they would look at how much money they spent at ad hoc over the past 10 years they could put a lot of money into the farm bill and not really take any extra money out altogether. I think I think they could do it if we could just get some cool heads working together and do some compromising. I think it could be done in a timely manner and have a good farm bill. A bill moving through the Minnesota House would dramatically increase the penalties for violation of the state buffer law. Failing to plant vegetation on land bordering water would rocket from $500 to $10,000. The Minnesota House Environment and Natural Resources Committee approved the bill on a party-line vote yesterday, and it'll now move on to the Judiciary, Finance, and Civil Law Committees. South St. Paul Representative Rick Hansen is that bill's sponsor. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Senate Ag Committee met yesterday in St. Paul. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Funding is set to expire in June of this year for the Minnesota Ag Fertilizer Research and Education Council, known as AFRIC. Senate Ag Committee Chair Eric Putnam testified that the council provides valuable information to farmers in the state. Improving fertilizer efficiency, farm profitability, and the environment through soil fertility research, technology development, and education. The 12-member council is comprised of both farmers and professional ag service providers who select and fund soil fertility research and education projects through a competitive grant process. Uh, and I would add, uh, members, uh, that uh, all of us know farmers. Some of us are farmers. We know how much they value this program, and this is our opportunity to send it forward, to renew it, uh, uh, and retain the integrity of the program as it is currently constructed. Chair Putnam introduced Senate File 3719, which would extend funding through 2034. Putnam says this research is key to environmental stewardship. Now, this council is funded through a 40 cent per ton fee on fertilizer sales. Members, you may recall last session, uh, we uh, enabled greater authority to the uh, Commissioner of Agriculture to adjust this fee up or down as is necessary. As agriculture technology and the environment continue to change, it's critical that farmers continue to have access to unbiased scientific information on soil fertility and nutrient management. This will not only help farmers to optimize yields and increase profits, but also in their mission to be good stewards of the environment. Was raised about the longer-term funding without reauthorization to ensure unbiased research. AFRIC Chairman Greg Anderson explained to the committee that stakeholders have a seat at the table on the council. The 12 or 13 members on the, on the council then that are in charge of allocating these funds are the Crop Retailer Association, the Corn Growers Association, Soybean Growers, Sugar Beets, Wheat, Potatoes, and then Farmers Union, Farm Bureau, Irrigator Association, the Grain and Feed Association, and then the Minnesota Crop Consultants Association. So I will tell you, everybody has their farmer hat on and uh, make sure that those funds are, are put to good use when we're in those committee meetings. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Well, overnight temperatures are mostly above zero this morning. The warm-up beginning out west. Temperatures out in western North Dakota are in the 20s to around 30 degrees this morning. 
Eastern North Dakota, Minnesota are in the single digits to around 20 degrees. Winter not giving up easily, though, with more rain, ice, and even snow expected for the Northern Plains Saturday into Sunday. Brazil continues to see a good mix of rain and sunshine, with rain falling on some of the drier areas Monday and Tuesday. World Weather Incorporated says there'll be breaks between the rains that will allow field work to continue. However, World Weather says regular rains will continue to be needed through March to ensure good second crop development. Argentina will see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, resulting in favorable crop conditions. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says be aware of the global nature of this grain market. We know these prices are extremely cheap when you look at it for uh, the U.S. farmer when they, they consider it. But we have to remember that we are still not attractively priced um, in the world dynamic, which is kind of a hard pill, pill to swallow overall when you look at it. And so we did see one private sale here come up in soybeans. That was what we needed to see to know that these, you know, this demand is picking up. We need to see that more into the corn market as well. It would be nice to see a big sale, uh, especially to see China back in this market once again. Grain markets have been chopping mostly sideways. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says weather right now is the most recent market factor. Seen some rain showers uh, across a lot of, of the winter wheat areas. Also, the ratings seem to be a little bit better than what we've seen the past three to four years on, on that winter wheat crop. Um, so the drought monitor doesn't look as threatening there for, for wheat areas, but it does, um, I think, cause some concern here for uh, parts of the Midwest, you look at Iowa, southern Minnesota, still very much so in a, a drought situation there. So that's something the market is going to take note of here uh, in the next couple of weeks as, as planters begin to hit the field. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and X. You can also find uh, podcasts and more at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The next generation of seeds is hitting the market this year. For We go to Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson at Commodity Classic. I'm speaking with Pioneer Soybean Marketing Lead, Liz Knutson. What has you most excited about the Z series uh, of soybeans that Pioneer is releasing? Gosh, that's a hard question for me to answer because there's not a part of this class I'm not excited about, but perhaps the one thing I could pinpoint is that Z-Series brings forward both offense and defense in one package to bring farmers more yield, more agronomics, and enhanced disease protection, as well as more exclusive varieties. So pull that all together and you got Z-Series soybeans, that's a lot to be excited about. What sort of improvements are you guys seeing from the Z-Series over the A-Series? So from a yield perspective, we're seeing a 2.7 bushel per acre yield advantage over our current A-Series varieties. That's real in a farmer's pocket. We're talking 35 bucks an acre. That's not something you cannot stand up and take notice of. As well as on the enhanced disease protection side of things. So for a farmer to see, you know, in some cases up to a full score improvement in native trait resistance to something like white mold, a half a score improvement in something like SCN, to see 13 new peaking varieties coming forward in this class of 50, that's something that really matters and, and really brings more to our growers. What sort of new markets do you anticipate the Z series opening the door to? I think across the U.S. we continue to see folks planting soybeans in places that historically they maybe just wanted to plant corn. And so when I have a variety that can bring 35 bucks an acre more than 
you know, a, a bean I was planting before, that's something that I'm going to consider a more diverse rotation perhaps. And so just expansion across more acres I think is an opportunity as well as these beans can go just about anywhere, right? With a class of 50, you've got the opportunity to see improvements in a number of agronomic challenges that you might have said, hey, I can't plant beans there. That's not an option for me anymore. And so just the opportunity to open up those acres that we maybe walked away from in the past, now with, with some of these improvements, is something I think we'll see farmers considering. That was Pioneer Soybean Marketing Lead, Liz Knutson. Live coverage of the Commodity Classic here in Houston, Texas is brought to you by Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and True Terra. Live from Houston, Texas, for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. May wheat, Minneapolis, down two and a half cents. Chicago May wheat's down three and a half. Kansas City May wheat down three and three quarters. May corn's down three and a quarter. New crop December corn down three and a quarter at 460. May soybeans uh, down 14 cents at 1131. The November soybeans are down eight at 1127. Canola's down 70 cents a metric ton, 590.30 Canadian. April live cattle down $1.60. June cattle down $1.40. March feeder cattle 340 lower. April down 385. April hogs 10 cents higher. May lean hogs seven cents higher on the farm calendar again commodity classic continuing through the weekend in houston texas today is premium ag solutions ag day that's at their location four and a half miles east of hitter i'll be listening for reports from that from whitney Pittman. well thanks for joining us this morning have a great day this is the red river farm network